You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. And wow, the last 24 hours were super fun watching all these signings around the NFL, some surprises, some uh, interesting developments when it comes to how these teams are building themselves for the 2020 season. We'll get into the most important teams, the most important signings that we saw from day one of free agency at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter is where you can find us. Usually this is the this is your show. This is the Twitter Tuesday episode, but there's too much going on. We'll jump back into some of your questions later in the week. So keep them coming at BD Peacock and at Williamson NFL. And next Tuesday, we will have the full mailbag episode. But Matt, we've got to talk free agency today. And I think the the leading story just has to be the Patriots with how active they have been and how out of character the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick have been this offseason signing uh, just people left and right, including two star tight ends. So much to unpeel here. First of all, I don't think you have to listen to the show to understand they're going to run a lot of double tight end sets. I mean, I think that's pretty clear <laughs> when you sign the top two tight ends on the market and two probably top 10 tight ends in the league. I imagine they envision Henry as the Gronk and Johnu Smith as the Aaron Henderson and or Hernandez. And obviously, they've had a lot of success doing that with this coaching staff and whatnot. So start there, and it's surprising, to say the least. I mean, the m- amount of money they now have invested in the tight end room is crazy, but um, it's pretty clear what their intentions are there. I kind of like their receiver moves, you know, Bourne and Aguilar. They're probably overpays for this stage of the game, but they're solid players. I think both are ascending I think Jalen Mills is very much a Patriot-like defender. Is he a corner? Is he a safety? Does it really matter? Um, they, they usually don't have high-end edge players. And I'm not sure Judon is, but he's one of the better ones they've had of late. And he he matches well with Winovich and Uche. And I think they'll look at Judon as their Vrabel, as their Ninkovich, drop him into coverage. Again, versatility is a key here. And then... Uh, Godshaw is a, just a typical Patriot, big, talented interior player. They kind of stress size at the defensive tackle position. But I got two things for you here. Big picture. All those deals I just mentioned, you know, in each of them, and Harry Anderson's also a kind of a 3-4 defensive end, also versatile, can mm-hmm. kick inside on, on throwing downs is probably where he'll uh, factor in the most. So... They did a lot, an awful lot, and it's unbelievably uncharacteristic, as you mentioned. But do you agree with me that I'm not sure I consider them much more of a contender now than I did two days ago? (laughs) That's the hard part about it. How much better did they get? I mean, they clearly got better at tight end. I think that's going to be the biggest impact. And as a pass rusher, getting someone like Matthew Judon coming off the edge. I think those were really important uh, signings. And Hunter Henry, John New Smith, they're they're turning back the clock about 10 years to the Hernandez and Gronk, you know, 2010 to 2012 era Patriots offense. And they actually ran two tight ends less than almost every team in the league last year. And it's pretty clear that they want to get back to that. They want to be able to run the ball. Cam Newton behind center. I mean, that makes perfect sense for them to do that. I think with Nelson Aguilar, maybe get a little overpay. Um, 
Kendrick Bourne. They all seemed like a little overpay. overpay. It's right. It's, probably everyone was. I don't right. know how great these deals are all going to look, you know, 12 months from now and in a couple of years and how many of these players are going to see the end of their contracts, but they're definitely better. And the, just the, what it tells me is that Bill Belichick doesn't want to lose nine games again. And when he had the opportunity this off season to um, build his team back into contention, he went after everybody. And I, I totally get that. And they're going to be a better team and they will be, Better than last year. How much better are they? Are they now uh, a team that is going to compete for the lead in the division? I don't know. A lot of that rides on the shoulders of Cam Newton, but at least now he has some weapons to throw to. And it was just, the cupboard was so bare last year with how the talent on the roster had fallen off and then the opt-outs on top of it. So they've got a ton of players coming back and Hightower and Chung to go along with all these signings and still a big draft class to come, which might be their quarterback of the future there, right? See, that's where I wanted to go next is... When they signed Cam, I thought, boy, is he perfect if they could land Lance or Fields or anyone but Mac Jones, really. But especially those two because they're such good runners. And I think this last two days sets the Patriots up really well to move up the six if they want to or something like that, you know, because they don't have as many needs, you know, like they, they spent maybe they spent in free agency so they can go all in on one of those two, one of those quarterbacks. It's, it's so clearly leading up to a quarterback for the Patriots, either 15 or moving up in the draft that it almost can't happen because it's so obvious that that's what they're gearing right, up for. Right. And, you know, and there are, they're already bizarro Patriots with what they've done in free agency, which means they could be bizarro Patriots when it comes to the draft too. And maybe that's why they're signing a few extra guys because they know they're not going to have as many draft picks to fill the depth on the roster because they're going to package a couple of those to go up. And it makes perfect sense. One year of Cam Newton. So the quarterback situation from 2022 and beyond is not figured out and maybe even a veteran quarterback too. But it seems to me that they're gearing up for a big draft move at quarterback. And then when you put the whole offseason together with, you know, more picks in the draft and all of these signings, did they get better? Absolutely. They're a lot better team than last year. The star power, I, I'm not sure about. Um, you know, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, they're just getting to the level of being league average, adding those types of players, right? So it's not like they're going to be great right. wide receiver. And even Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith's highest output in a season is what, like 500 yards receiving as a tight end? And I like Johnny Smith, but um, with Henry and Smith together on the field and Aguilar on the outside with maybe Bourne, maybe Nikhil Harry, um, they still have... Jacoby Myers, you know, one of those receivers is only going to catch like 17 passes this year. And if you're making somewhere between seven and a half and $12 million and you catch that few passes, one of these deals is going to look terrible when we look back a year from now, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is, I mean, I would never sell Belichick short because I think winning seven games with that garbage roster last year was unbelievable. So you give him all these things. He probably gets him to 10 or 11 and outcoaches people and does what he's done his whole career. But in the end, if I'm like the Bills or maybe even Miami when it's all said and done and they add everybody, I don't look at the Patriots and think, oh, no, they're going to rule the division again or anything like that. And then to your point, too, their best guys they sign, Judon and the two tight ends, are good players. I mean, those guys are bird in the hand. You know what you're getting. But they're not Gronk and Hernandez, and they're not Willie McGinnis. You know, like, they're not great players. They're all good players. 
I totally agree there. And, you know, maybe some dollar amounts I don't love with some of these yeah. signings, but obviously they didn't get better. But I think there was a team actually in their division signed fewer players, but might have gotten a bigger impact on that same note that you just mentioned there. I want to talk about the Jets next. I want to talk about some of the other biggest signings in the league. But really quick, just to wrap up the Patriots. So this is so far their free agent period. Uh, Cam Newton got it started before the uh, the bargaining period right. opened. So Cam Newton, one-year deal, $13.6 million, up to a lot of incentives there. Nelson Aguilar, two years, 26. Kendrick Bourne, three years, 22 and a half. So that's $12 million per for Aguilar, seven and a half for Kendrick Bourne. Hunter Henry, three years, $37.5 million, $25 million of that guaranteed, which is a big number on a three-year oh. deal. Johnny Smith, four years, $50 million, and they both are making about the same per year. I think 12 and a half per year for both of those tight ends, who I'm sure will be on the field a lot. Trent Brown, they traded for from the Raiders. Such a Patriots move, by the way, to get back that comp pick for letting Brown walk and then trading back for him for exchanges awesome. of 22, 2022 fifth-round picks. Uh, anyway, but that's an upgrade there, at least as a pass blocker on the offensive line. Dietrich Wise, they brought back. Uh, Davin Godshell, you mentioned. Henry Anderson, low-dollar signing, one of my favorite under-the-radar signings, actually, in this class for the Patriots, two years, $7 million. You mentioned Matt Judon's four-year, $56 million, $32 million of that over the first two years of the contract. Justin Bethel corner, and then Jalen Mills is another one that stands out as four years, $24 million. Eagles fans hate Jalen Mills, and they're like, the right. that's usually pretty telling when the team a player leaves from, everyone's like, oh my gosh, they gave him that? What are they thinking? But obviously... Bill Belichick, you've got to trust him when it comes to defensive backs, and I'm sure he has a role, sort of a middle-of-the-field role and vision for Jalen Mills playing sort of a hybrid slot safety position. I would imagine. Uh, I didn't mention Bethel before. I didn't realize he signed there, and it, and it isn't that big a deal. You called him a corner. He's one of the best special teamers in the league. That's a, that's the Matthew Slater-Belichick mm -hmm. move. You know what I mean? Great that's point. That's who that is. Yeah, no, great point there. I love that. So uh, let's talk Jets. Let's talk Tooney, uh, Lindsley, two of the big dollar interior offensive linemen, all the big money edge players, and some wide receivers that are still out there coming up. March Madness is upon us, and everyone's getting involved. And you can get involved at betonline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the college basketball tournament. Football might be over, but NBA is happening, NHL is happening, build your brackets, bet on any of the games happening right now, NFL draft props, which are always super fun. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Go to betonline.ag, use your mobile device Two, if you want, to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON. Again, promo code LOCKED ON at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. In the AFC East, one of the team or two of the teams that had the four most cap dollars to spend were the Patriots and the Jets, and they took very different approaches to this free agency period and the the Jets were kind of sitting in the bushes all day long and hadn't done much despite all that cap room. It was like, hey, what are the Jets doing? What are the Jets doing? All of a sudden, boom, boom. They signed defensive end from the Bengals, Carl Lawson, and then former Titans wide receiver Corey Davis to go with Jerry Davis linebacker on a one-year deal. I love that class. I think that's an impact class so far in free agency 
for the Jets and could add as many wins as what we've seen with all of those players for the Patriots. Yeah, I really like what they've done. Um, I'm not sure if Jared Davis is going to translate into CJ Mosley getting moved or how that works, but that was obviously a priority for them. Um, that one I don't quite understand, but unless Mosley's on his way out in some way, shape, or form, I like Corey Davis an awful lot. I really like them coming out of school. I don't think he's a number one, but there's only 12 to 15 number ones in the world, you know. So if Mims is your deep guy, Crowder's your slot, Davis is their version of a one, and maybe you add a tight end or a receiver in the draft on day two. It's not a bad group of pass catchers for whoever the quarterback is there. I, I like that quite a bit. But my favorite move for sure is Lawson. You know, you mentioned coming into the segment, a lot of edge rushers, a lot of money thrown around in the edge rusher market already. It was a really good edge rusher free agency class. This is clearly my favorite move of the edge rushing group. I think he's a star. I love Carl Lawson, and they didn't – put him on the field enough earlier in his career in Cincinnati, and he was almost a role player. And then you saw last year what it looked like with him. And look, the sack numbers aren't quite where you would expect for a big dollar signing at free agency, but he's among the best at pressuring quarterbacks in the NFL, Carl Lawson. So I love that fit there. I love it for uh, Robert Sala's defense. And yeah, Corey Davis is sort of a, a 1B guy, you know, uh, a, a really good two, a lower end wide receiver one. But the complimentary pieces there at wide receiver with Crowder in the slot, and you mentioned Mims, who's that outside the numbers, downfield type of wide receiver, and then yeah. the target hog, I think, will will be Corey Davis in that offense, catching things underneath and give you a little bit after the catch, has some size, can get downfield, can do a little bit of everything. So uh, I like how that, and I said that they would, they've added as many wins as the Patriots. That's that's going too far, but I think the, the, the wins added for the dollars spent might be better. Let's, let's put it that way, for the Jets. I over, agree. That's why I like it a little bit better than what we've seen with the Patriots. <laughs> class but uh two big moves and two teams trying to improve quite a bit and talk about draft picks the new york jets still have pick two they have pick 23 they have the second pick in uh, the second round they have an extra pick there so they've got a ton of draft picks to work with and it's going to be fascinating to see how they navigate this thing uh darnold is it zach wilson are they going to make a play for deshaun watson russell wilson potentially even so the jets are fascinating and i really love the direction they're going and i totally believe in their head coach, Robert Sala, and I totally believe in what Joe Douglas is doing as GM. So I, I, it's really looking up for Jets fans, and they've been down for so long. I hope that is the case. Yeah, I thought Joe Douglas had a very good offseason in his first year, um, made nice hirings, started the free agency period really strong, and, and kind of like you implied, too. I mean, they have a lot more draft capital coming. I'm sure they'll sign another player or two. They still have plenty of cap space. And, you know, it came out today, uh, Pete Carroll has a lot of respect for Sam Darnold or whatever, you know, something along those lines. They're going to get something mm -hmm. back for Darnold. I mean, I, I think they're going to go quarterback at two, and Darnold's either going to get them back in the first round with their second rounder or a second round pick. or I mean, they're going to add something there with for Darnold, too. Absolutely. And Darnold's got no connection to the coaching staff or to no. the GM, Joe Douglas, and he's the last year of surplus value on a rookie contract before the fifth year option kicks in. And so uh, you just have to go quarterback in the draft. If essentially the Darnold's probably what plan D maximum. I just think they're going to take Zach Wilson yeah. and it's a done deal. You just take Zach Wilson or the only other thing that would take you off of Zach Wilson at two is Wilson or Watson. Right. I guess, yeah. or maybe Wilson. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Other right, Wilson. Yeah, other Wilson. The Wilson's got confused there for a second. Yeah, so right, odds yeah. are there's a, someone named Wilson will be the quarterback for the Jets. 
in 2000. My hunch is it's more of Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback. I mean, I guess Wilson or Watson you're listening to, of course. But I bet uh, Douglas wants to use those picks. He doesn't want to give up all those picks Mm -hmm. for Watson or Wilson. I think he wants to build it his way. And Zach Wilson will be the quarterback. But things need to happen before he can move Darnold you know, around right. the league. Yeah. And here's the other thing. This kind of applies to the Jets and the Patriots. And sorry to other fans around the league. We're going to get to your teams. I promise. Um, they're both gearing up with spending dollars and free agency. You can do that with a cheap quarterback, right? So sure. if the Patriots are throwing all these money at free agents, that even points more so to a potential rookie quarterback on a long-term deal that starts this year that goes beyond when Cam Newton's off the roster next year into the next four or five years. So they won't have... M- money problems with a high dollar quarterback and they probably won't have a high dollar quarterback this year unless cam meets all his incentives which means they probably did pretty well for themselves in the standings this year as well so both those teams setting up to spend whatever they need to this offseason because they know they have a cheap quarterback in the long term yeah that's a good point i mean uh, going back to the patriots if they can land say trey lance without give, give up this first round pick and next year's first round pick draft lance at 10 or 9 or something like that They'd still be highly competitive this year. Belichick, Belichick will probably get them to 10 wins, and they'll have their quarterback of the future. And the thing I wanted to mention about the Patriots, too, which applies to Dallas, high-profile, super-powerful owner in New England makes me t- say this league is not worried about money. <laughs> yeah, not worried about money. And also, this that might be part of ownership, like telling Bill or talking to Bill, maybe it was Nick Casario, I don't know, that was holding them back before, wanting to build it naturally, but... A, a combination of all those things with the powerful owner saying, nah, we're not going to lose games. Let's go Let's go win some football no. games, and I'll write as many checks as I have to this offseason. Mm-hmm. I bet that is how it goes. You know, And you get those guys back from uh, the opt-outs as well. They'll be highly competitive. I mean, I, just on paper, I looked at their signings and thought, they're not that much better for what they spent, but Belichick's going to be hard to play against with, all, with a, a real roster. All right, next I want to cover the top free agents and how nine out of the top 10 average per year signings so far this offseason have all been edge rushers. And then the next two highest are interior offensive linemen. And there's some wide receivers out there that should probably shake that up at some point, but I want to talk about the top dollar signings so far next. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money and Then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com It's that time of year. Free agency, NFL draft season, college basketball. The most important event right now. That's right. Built Bar Madness. 
Yes, there is a bracket. We're into the Sweet 16 already for the number one Built Bar flavor. Just go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote for Coconut Almond versus Peanut Butter Brownie, a powerhouse matchup in my opinion. This one's got a lot of arguments going in the Locked On Network DMs. Keep voting for the entire bracket as we roll through the Sweet 16 and into the championship April 2nd. And don't forget to chomp on a few Built Bars along the way. A low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes amazing and are all covered with 100% real chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com, vote on the matchups, and remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 at BuiltBar.com. Save 20% on your next box of Built Bars. Okay, what can we take from this free agency day one? Who's making the most money so far? A clear pattern. I'm going to list these off, Matt. Uh, These are the top average per year signings so far, uh, 24 hours into the negotiating period in free agency 2021. Shaquille Barrett, four years, $68 That's 17 per year. Just behind him is Bud Dupree, who got paid by the Titans. He has the highest total dollar amount at $82.5 million. That's spread over five years. So that comes in at $16.5 million per year, 35 of that guaranteed. Then third is Joe Tooney at $16 million, five years, $80 million total. Leonard Floyd, four years, $64 million, that's 16 per year. Trey Hendrickson, surprisingly, is the fifth highest dollar free agent so far, four years, $60 million, that's 15 per year. Carl Lawson, three years, $45 million, that's 15 per year. Matthew Judon. Four years, 56. J.J. Watt was two years, 28. Romeo Okwara was three years, 39 million. And Yannick Ngakwe, a shorter two-year deal, 26. So that's $13 million per year. That's the top 10 free agent signings so far. If you're counting at home, nine edge players and one guard. Crazy. Wow. I mean, I didn't realize that until you spelled it out. It's obviously a super important position. I mentioned earlier in the show, it was a great free agent edge class and it pretty much dried up already. I mean, nine of them signed a big money and within 24 hours or so and what, I guess a um, couple things out of that group. Lawson's still my favorite. It's my favorite signing for the buck. And I think he's my favorite player of all of them. If I had to pay one of them equal amount, I think it would be Lawson. Floyd scares me. Um, you know, we saw this with Fowler that was quote a bust. And then you go play next to Aaron Donald and he has a big year. Floyd did the same thing a year ago. He's not super physical. He's long and lean. He was good this year. I'm not counting him out. It's just it's that's a lot of money for kind of a one-hit wonder. I love Bud Dupree. That's a little pricey. I mean, but their their pass rush was so desperate. Um, I guess that's pretty much in I, a nutshell. I mean, I'm not sure any of those guys are great, though. I, I'm i really worried about the dog. I'm with you, Carl Lawson. Plus, he's only 26 years old of all those signings. Yeah, the yeah. youngest player that I mentioned, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, also only 26. And it's interesting that they had the two shortest deals, only three years for Lawson. He'll still be 29 when he's done with this contract. And Yannick Ngakwe is 26. He'll be 28 when this contract is over there, a two-year deal with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. So, um, those two players have the most juice off the edge and are the youngest, which is why I like those compared to some others. Bud Dupree, that one feels 
quite pricey. Oh, rich. Yeah. Um, but Bud Dupree, and you could speak to this, what type of player you're getting. I know he's a really try-hard guy, and he's improved a lot. And I remember seeing him earlier on in his career, and I was like, is this uh, kind of going down the bust path? I wasn't sure with Bud Dupree, but he's really made himself into a pretty good player. But I don't know if he's, you know, five years, $82.5 million good. Right. There's no question he benefits from TJ and Cam and it, And, you know, the, the, he was never doubled, and that's certainly big. Um, they also signed uh, – the defensive tackle from Indy. So their defensive front is better in Tennessee now with Simmons, who I think is going to be a star um, Landry on the opposite side, but Bud's going to be kind of asked to be Batman now instead of Robin. And uh, when he was drafted, you know, to your point, he was enemy number one here for a couple of years because he's a quote project and it's took him a while. Well, sometimes projects hit. And over the last two years, he really turned it on got a lot better with his recognition skills, moved from the left to the right. He's more comfortable there. He's very big. He's very explosive in a fr- in a straight line. He's not super bendy. Um, I like him a lot. I just don't know that he's Batman. Danica Autry, that was the other signing. Yes, the Titans, that was the other one. That, that's uh, a nice pickup, too. Yeah, I like I mean, that. The front is respectable now. I think they were probably surprised at how much Johnny Smith got in the in the free yeah. agent market and got got poached away from them. Um, but you know, and Bud Dupree might be a little high, but the Leonard Floyd signing is probably the worst of the entire day to me. I thought so. I, he, we, there's too big of a track record. We saw what he was able to do with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley's gone now. Sixteen million dollars per year. Four years, 64. That just seemed like too much for Leonard Floyd uh, based on some of these other players that got less that I would have much preferred just purely as a player. And so when you factor in how much he got paid more than them on top of it, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. I would take Ngakwe. I would take Judon. I would take Lawson all over Leonard Floyd. And uh, he made more than all of them. Yes. Um, you know, and there's a lot of Robins getting paid like Batman on that list. Yes, that that's a great point. That is a great point. And that's when free agent contracts start to look pretty bad. Trey Hendrickson's another one. That that one seems a little high. This maybe was the Bengals losing Lawson, and then mm-hmm. they had no choice, and they thought, well, this is the best guy we can get, so we've got to throw dollars at Trey Hendrickson. And they ended up paying him a little bit more total than Lawson, about the same, 15 per year, but one extra year. I, I think he has some try-hard sacks, which scare me a little yes. bit to invest in heavy not a great bender. Also, surely benefited from Cam Jordan and others on that defense. You know, he was rarely the focus. That one scares me too. Uh, I mean, they 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 had to get somebody, and they also added a Wouzier who I like. But they've invested a lot on in these defensive linemen and corners the last two off seasons, and didn't have much to show for it so far. So that was the top 10 highest paid free agents so far this offseason. The next group is interesting because uh, number 11 on the list is former Packers center Corey Lindsley. And I love I this love signing. that move. It might be my favorite signing of the whole offseason so far. Yeah. Uh, yep. it's, it's it's expensive for a center, $12.5 million, but he's making, what, $3.5 million less than what Joe Tooney is making in Kansas City to play guard. And I think center might be, in a lot of cases, more valuable than guard. And, uh, you know, young quarterback there. New system going in, uh, outside zone ability for Corey Lindsley going from the Packers to the Chargers. Uh, like that one a lot. Pricey, but you know it, it's a good signing for me. Uh, that was the 11th most costly signing, 12.5 per year, five years, 62.5. Then it's the two tight ends, both making 12.5 million, Johnny Smith and Hunter Smith, and then Corey Davis making 12.5 per year for the Jets, three years, 37.5. 
Um, and one more note on the Corey Davis signing. When you look at it through this lens, Corey Davis getting about a million per year more than Nelson Aguilar. Uh, give me Corey Davis all day long. Am I crazy? I don't think they're close. You're right. I 100% agree. Aguilar came on kind of well this year. Give him credit. Who may use a late bloomer. Both those guys are probably late bloomers. I'll take Corey Davis all day long. I don't think they're in the same tier. Um, back to Lindsley super quick. Lindsay super quick. Um, you get a young quarterback, a stud center. I, that's such an insurance that helps with the protection calls, all those type of things, all the, the cerebral aspects of the game at the line of scrimmage. It's been a weakness, that offensive line. Everyone in the world's had offensive line mocked to the Chargers. And they also had a Matt Filer, another Steeler I know well, that'll be either a starting right tackle or one of the guards. So they added two starting offensive linemen. I love that they're attacking that position for Herbert. The top wide receivers have not signed yet. Maybe the top free agent overall, the guy who's going to get the most money per year, Trent Williams, also hasn't signed. Do you think those deals are just taking a little while because they're going to be even higher dollar than all of the, the deals we saw on day one? Or do you think there could be some bit of market correction or just some tiptoeing in with wide receivers with how much top wide receivers make around the league and how the influx of really good draft, young yeah. wide receivers has been coming into the league. The scarcity at wide receiver is nowhere near some of the other top positions in the NFL offensive tackle edge. Like we're seeing all these edge players get paid here. Cornerbacks wide receivers get paid as much as, as most of them. And I, I feel like that's not the way the league is headed just because there's too many good wide receivers and there's not the scarcity of some of those other positions I just mentioned. Is it going to be harder for some of the top guys to get maximum dollar? But then you look at someone like Nelson Aguilar, who's still got $11 million per yeah. year. So the second tier guys are getting paid. So I would assume eventually the, the top tier guys are going to get money too. But I don't know if that's the way I would want to build my team right now with how many Every, every year, the draft classes are completely stacked, and you can get a stud starting wide receiver on a rookie contract on day two of the draft. Almost every year, there's star players drafted right there, and that's not the case with some other positions around the league. Yeah, it's a great conversation. We should probably revisit it tomorrow because it wouldn't shock me if Galladay and Juju sign the minute we hang up today. You know, like, I mean, this is how the, this league works. But I think it's a big-picture conversation without question and I don't want to compare it to running backs because running backs are still way more available than mm. receivers. And you play with three receivers. But with this incoming class and the last two classes, I mean, every team pretty much has gotten a guy or two that they love. You know, I mean, it's just so flush with receiver talent entering the league. And I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. I, I don't know what next year's draft class is, but I doubt they're going to say, Boy, there's no receivers worth a darn in this in this class coming up. You know, and that never happens. So I'm with you. You know, do I just want to always bring it back to the Steelers, take that day two receiver and let Juju go and just do that year after year and live with Claypools and James Washingtons and just keep getting the cheap guys? It sure seems like the way to go. And maybe there's something to the way the Patriots are building this thing. And we've seen the last two Super Bowls had Kelsey twice, Gronk once, George Kittle yeah. once. Scarcity for the top tight ends, I think, is more than wide receivers. And in, in, in some cases, it might make even more of a difference. So if you're looking at it like that, maybe John U. Smith and Hunter Henry is where the smart money was going this offseason. And maybe drafting a superstar tight end like um, Kyle Pitts is much more valuable than drafting one of the star wide receivers because tight ends get paid less and they might have just as much of an impact because there's so few of the top guys that can make a difference, unlike wide receiver. 
It's a great point. And anyone that plays fantasy realizes what a great benefit it has to, to, to have one of those elite tight ends. You might be right. I mean, I, I am very open to that idea. And this is probably a down-the-road conversation, but I would consider Kyle Pitts at three. I'd consider him at four. I'd consider him at five. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm Atlanta, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. Or if I'm Cincinnati, I'm pro- I might take him over Penny Sewell. I mean, like, the, the beauty of him, too, is when it comes time for 50-year option or then you franchise him after that, those numbers are low. Oh, Get absolutely. Him for six years. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry just became the third and fourth highest paid tight ends in the league at $12.5 million. That's tier right. two for a wide receiver. If five years from now you're putting the franchise tag on Kyle Pitts and he's as good as Kelsey is right now and it costs you $15 million because of inflation, that's the best deal in town. Oh, yeah. You're doing backflips. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you have them cost controlled for six years. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, good stuff there. Lots more to talk about. I think we can sort of continue some of those conversations, and I can't wait to see what these wide receivers get paid, where Galladay, Juju, and some other free agents land. We'll, we'll hit on some other teams tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's we'll, too much to digest today. We'll hit. Yeah, there's just so much going on, and it'll probably be that way all week long. We'll have to play catch-up on a bunch of teams, and we'll talk about uh, our, our favorite cla- uh, free agent classes, our least favorite classes, who got better, who got worse, head scratchers, uh, and all the latest signings all week long. Then there's NFL draft that's nonstop through April. There's no doubt going to be some trades. And now that teams know what they have in free agency, I think that will ramp up the trade market as well between now and the draft. So no shortage of things to talk about every day as we do right here. Peacock and Williamson.